Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, yeah, it was um, a strange touchstone to have um, Mr. Poopy Butthole be so sad at the end of the episode. Oh, no, um, that's Morty. Oh, that I was, was doing oh, Morty. Mr. Very Poopy hard Butthole. to tell the difference, I have to say. Well, you know, if you if you if you're a big fan of the show, you'll know that Mr. Puppy Butthole says "Ooh-wee! So he does. This is true, and of course, you do have to have a very high IQ to um to really understand the nuances of oh, Rick and Morty. Oh, it's I. such an intellectual show. Yep, it's you know it would it would stump Plato. You know, it's it that, would. This it's is true. Good. Um, but here we are, folks, at the season finale of of a uh, of Rick and Morty. Um, season season five, uh, it's called uh, Rick Marai Jack, and that's I believe is is in reference to Samurai Jack. If I'm yeah, right, yeah. Which begs the question: Why didn't they just call it Samurai Rick? Yeah, true. That's <laughs> because that would have been too obvious, Lewis. True, um, true. This episode was written by Jeff Loveness and uh, Scott Sc- Scott Scott Marder, and was directed by Jacob Hare. And is starring Justin Roiland, Dan Harmon, Sarah Chalk, Chris Parnell, and Spencer Grammer. Uh, do you have an opening statement? Um, lots of stuff going on in this episode, and I can't help but feel like I'm in a car that's been crawling through traffic and is now smashing its way through nonsense. Um, we'll get more into it. Have you got an opening statement? Yes. Um... Wow, what the fuck? The biggest game changer for the entire show uh and and it's in, and it's you know it's uh it's entire history. I, I I tried not to say entire again, but I couldn't help it. Um it's been a rocky season, but these last 3 episodes I think have just managed to save the day. Mm. Um here's my first question then. Is it that much of a paradigm shift, really? I think so. Because realistically because i think i mean i i i do have issues with the way the episode was presented in the, but the the thing that i essentially took from it is that now um the the multiverse is sort of much more open and rick can travel between dimensions to dimensions where he is not the smartest person in the universe that's Ye- sort of the the central finite curve was all the universes out there where rick was the smartest person there yeah. And all those Ricks formed, you know, the Citadel and all the stories and stuff we've enjoyed so far. And by destroying that sort of, um, the cage placed around those universes, uh, Evil Morty was able to sort of leap into other universes and do all sorts of stuff. Um, and so, yeah, in theory, that's kind of interesting, I suppose. But is it, it's not really that much of a paradigm shift. Because in spite of the fact that, because essentially what it means is we will now have universes where there are ricks that are stupid. But yeah, that means that those ricks won't have developed an interdimensional travel. So it will only be the ricks that were smart, and therefore the ricks that were in the central finite curve, that develop interdimensional travel and can gain access to our rick that we follow, C-137. So it's not really that much of a paradigm shift. It's kind of just a... It, it, it's, a sel- it's a self-limiting thing, despite... It being it having a limit imposed upon it, the limit well, imposed upon it was the same as the limit. It's like saying the speed limit is a hundred miles an hour, and the fastest you can possibly go in the car, even without a speed limit, is a hundred miles an hour anyway. You see what I mean? Well, I mean, just because um, Rick, the the stupid Ricks of the of the different universes, haven't developed interdimensional travel, doesn't mean that there aren't beings out there that can 
and have already done so. I suppose that's a good point. Yeah, that's um, yes, yeah, that's yeah, because it is. A, it's a game of long odds, of like out there there might be a a guy who's not called Rick. He's called Rock, and he's developed interdimensional travel, and he looks a bit different to Rick. And he's, do you know what I mean? It's yeah, because there's infinite universes with a finite set of variables. You will have like a. It will happen at some point. You will get another version of somebody that's generated interdimensional travel and all that sort of nonsense. Yeah. That's a good point. And, and this does... Um, go on, sorry. Sorry. And uh, Rick now is the smartest Rick in in the multiverse. Because... What um, gives you that thought? Well, because all the other ones are destroyed. Marty killed them all. Yeah, I suppose he did, didn't he? Yeah. So mm. now Rick is, is literally at the top of the top of the pile and did you notice that his portal gun is lit destroyed or is lit ran out of fluid or whatever so i don't know will he need to invent another one i have no idea mm, um, i did notice it ran out of fluid and it was sort of smoking but then i always think sort of um he made it once surely he can do it again do you know what i mean it's, it's that uh from the vindicators episode it's my ability to do anything like he, he can make another one you'd, you'd certainly think um uh, yeah maybe not floating on the uh, Mortyberg or whatever it's called. Um, maybe there might not be, but I I, I don't see why there wouldn't be. To be honest. Mm. But then, would he? Are are they going back to Earth to to C one thirty seven's Earth? Are they going to live there back with their family and stuff? Um, I don't know because I think at this point, look, I hope I I really hope that some character change is finally. Like, like coming for these two, you know, and it's it's going to be a a dynamic that's completely different to what we've seen before. But mm. they're actually consistent with it, and they don't just drop it because Morty decides that he wants to, you know, fuck a horse machine. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Morty's like so mature, and then in some episodes he can just be like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna," you know, you, well, you know what he did. Everyone knows what he did. Um, dirty pervert. Um. But yeah, I think it's um because Rick has now told his crybaby backstory, as mm. as he called it, um, and that's that's ultimately the reason Morty decided to go with Rick because of Rick opening up to him. Yeah, um, yeah. Hopefully, there'll be there'll be more sort of equals rather than just Morty being mm, you know mm. used as a human shield for uh, stupid brainwaves. Um, mm. But then the question is, um, because the Council of Ricks can track him using his brainwaves or, or whatever it might be, and, and that's how he was hiding, and now the Council of Ricks doesn't exist, so Morty has fulfilled his purpose, but aside from the emotional joy that Rick derives from having him there, is there really anything Morty can sort of bring to the table? Can he bring sort of? He can't bring any more sort of intelligence or, or cunning or anything that Rick doesn't have already, and because he's such an individualist. So, will we see them wanting to stay together but struggling to find reasons to? Um, maybe so, but like, I mean, it, it's like most sort of sci-fi companion things. It's um, like Rick, like the Doctor, needs someone to show stuff to, mm, and mm. and needs to. Li- someone to impress otherwise you know him just wandering about by himself he's already done that and it's not fulfilling in any way shape or form and we now Mm. know that his entire purpose in life was to find the rick that killed 
his original Beth and uh, Diane. So mm. maybe we'll we'll catch up with that guy. You know, maybe he's yeah, maybe or maybe not. Maybe Rick's found a, a new family that he can move on with. Um, that's a really good point that I hadn't actually considered. So our Rick is one that saw Beth and Diane die, and now he is living with Beth. So yeah. that raises the question. This this can't possibly be his original Beth. No, mm, that is a good question. No, it isn't. Um, and he didn't get to see her grow up either. So he, he just sort of came back and decided to live with her as, as you know, as a, as an adult woman. And um, yeah. it's really it's really really sad when you think about it because her original Rick, just abandoned her, and this Rick who's lost his wife and child who had, who never wanted anything to do with the life that, that um all the other Ricks were sort of enjoying. Yeah. Is now the Rickest Rick, as they as they say. Mm. Um it's really it's really heartbreaking. Um I like how they threw us off because in the, the, the first episode of season three, the the sort of backstory that Rick uses to uh convince the, the Gromflamites that his formula is the one for portal travel. Yeah. Um, he says, oh, no, but you can alter uh, details of a totally made-up backstory. But it wasn't an, a made-up backstory. It was real. You know mm. what I mean? And um, I, found, I found that really interesting that we were told right from season three and we just went, oh, yeah, it's all fake. Because, <laughs> like, you know, Rick can just, you know, <laughs> even when it's obvious, mm. Rick is so in denial about his past and doesn't want to... Even confront. I mean, he's even annoyed about the fact that we, uh, the audience, and Morty care enough. Mm. You know, Morty's like, "Oh, dead wife," and Rick's like, "Yeah," and everyone can shut up about it now. Look, <laughs> no, definitely. Um, mm. No, you're right. Um, I have a bit of a problem with um, the way the season has been presented. I know this is this is not anything groundbreaking, but it is frustrating that we had. A season of nonsense, followed by, like sort of twenty minutes of very intense canon development. Yeah, I, I can't help but feel that it could have been broken down a bit more and slowed down. Uh, it it I feels agree. very intense, like sort of an information download that someone's just forcing into my head. Um, yeah. I, I can't help but feel that well, could we have had perhaps slightly less giant incest baby and, and slightly more <laughs> stuff that actually matters for the canon? Do you know what I mean? No, absolutely. I mean they they dropped. Um, oh, let, let me try and think. One, two, uh, three, four. Yeah, four huge bombshells in this episode. Yeah. Um, first one, Evil Morty returning. They did that so nonchalantly, whereas in the other two it was like this huge big build-up thing. Is it Evil Morty? Is it not Evil Morty? Um... And he just sort of comes in looking like a sort of uh, a neoliberal middle class <laughs> guy who's mm. like, oh, jeez. And he's, um, yeah, so that was, I mean, I'm okay with that, but like, because it wouldn't be a big build up to them. So I get that they're not going to be like, concerned about mm. it, but I do think it would, you know, rather than just, oh, it's the last episode, we better do something big. Yeah, Let's just yeah. shoehorn evil Morty in. I mean, it, it seems a bit... Mm. And um, second big bombshell 
is uh, when Evil Morty reveals to uh, our Morty that basically Mortys exist because of, like, manipulation and sort of bringing Beths and Jerry's together and there's a huge sort of Morty market and it's essentially like... That's a really like... good point, yeah, I, which I sort of... I, I, I watched that and I thought, oh, well, presumably they must just have found a way to clone infinitely infinite Mortys or whatever and I didn't really consider it, but yeah... Yeah. That's a good point that it's sort of it is manipulation. It was like it was um that bloke that opened a portal and tapped on Jerry's shoulder and Jerry yeah. turned around and and uh, Jerry and, and and Beth met. So oh, that's a really even even more intensely good point is that yeah, I hadn't sorry, that's that's sort of not me <laughs> to six. I didn't really realize the the sort of gravity of that until just now. Yeah. Um so what does um, that mean then? That means that I, I guess it's just another fucked up thing and mm. it adds to sort of Evil Morty's motivations but like like you're saying it's hard to sort of tell you know because so much information was just dumped on you at yeah. once like first it was that and then Rick was like okay here you go here's my crybaby bat and then there's a wordless sequence for like four minutes of mm. you know Rick going through millions of different realities killing ricks to try and find the one that killed his family and um but through that time he meets bird person and and fights with him and stuff like that and then that leads us up to how we get back to season one i mean that's a lot of fucking information to to deal with but Mm. if that wasn't enough it's now revealed that the entire uh, infinite universes that that rick and morty can seemingly travel to are just um it's a, a it's subset a, of the actual number of universes. Yeah, like like uh, Evil Morty said, it's a, a an infinite cradle built around an infinite fucking baby, mm. you know. So that's just utterly smashed as well. And um, the the thing that the episode basically ends with Evil Morty winning, and uh, Rick and Morty being trapped on the the sort of detachable uh. Mortyburg, which, uh, by the way, I really like how they renamed uh, from Mortytown in the Rick Lantis mix-up, because it was like, mm. really run down and really bad, and it was just for um for Mortys that were uh, economically uh, less well-off, and now yes. it's been like, sort of revitalized. Mm. Um, so, so I like... those state intervention of... If the state has massive resources and intervenes in an economically run-down area, it can provide <laughs> a lot of help. Oh, isn't that a funny thing? Capitalism. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's it was such a big episode, and I don't think I don't think having it as a twenty minute thing would w- was good enough. Like if if they had an hour long episode, like I thought they were gonna do, I reckon it could have been so much better if they just let sort of the two crows story was fine. I mean, it wasn't, but look, mm. this this shit is more important mm, mm. in my view, rather than just oh, I don't know because I th- they're going to spread themselves too thin. So like, where do you even go from here? Look, Evil Morty's gone. Is Rick going to go after him? Is he just going to be like, no, fuck it? Like what? I I need to see some changes. I need to see some follow through from the from the stuff that they do. You know. Mm. Um. No, I know what you mean because we are. We are coming to realise that, like, um, there's there's no no point. <laughs> We're sort yeah. of coming to realise, 
I, I don't know if this is on purpose or not, but the way that they're writing these stories, it sort of informs a Rick-like perspective of, well, there's no point really getting invested in any of these characters because there's infinite numbers of infinite people. So yeah. who really gives a shit? Yeah. Uh, and that's... Uh, the what, Right. I'm going to leap to this episode's defense all of a sudden, um, despite the fact I've been ragging on it for about 15 minutes now. <laughs> um, I like, well, now, I feel like as I was watching the episode, I had quite a few moments where I went, oh, because it, yeah. like, there was Rick was saying things like, oh, there's infinite dimensions with infinite possibilities. But then he would also say in the same breath, there's only so many times we can start afresh in another dimension. Yeah. Like, okay, but why? Because if there's infinite dimensions, you can do this an infinite number of times. Every yeah. day for the rest of your life, you can kill a simultaneous version of you and take their place. Um, but no, on the central finite curve, there's only so many roots, pla- uh, places for Rick and Morty to do X or Y. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, that that was a good. That was a, I hadn't even thought of that. Mm. So um, I guess I guess that does that does make sense. Um, but there must be some universes where Rick doesn't even exist in the central finite yeah. curve. Like, ugh, I don't know. No, you're right. It's it's such a world breaking thing that it's impossible to know where they could possibly go from here. Yeah, because exactly. The, the the sort of um the sort of nihilism that Rick or the absurdism I suppose that Rick and Morty shows is the kind of thing where you're saying well nothing matters therefore I am choosing to care about my grandson I am choosing to care about Beth I'm choosing to care about Morty and those are the things that matter to me and that's what I quite like about Rick's character development is he's sort yeah. of like oh, I've chosen to care about bird person and I've chosen to care about this war that we were fighting in or whatever yeah and I kind of like that. I like that he's chosen this life for himself, it, even in spite of the fact he, he sort of struggles with the fact that there's infinite versions of him doing very similar or very dissimilar things. I like the idea that he's chosen to care for the people he cares about. Yeah. But that's not what we're getting with Rick, because I think it, it, it feels almost as though they're afraid to follow that to its logical conclusion, yeah, which is... Definitely. Rick is cares about Morty and he cares about Beth, so he's going to just safeguard them in their universe. He's going to, yeah. I don't know, what's that thing from Doctor Who? The the Time Lord sealed off the, the barriers between worlds or whatever. Uh, uh, the void or whatever. That's it, yeah. So uh, maybe Rick will call the Time Lords and get them to do that in his universe. So they're all safeguarded and they can live and be happy. Because um, I mean... at the end of the day, Rick, all the Ricks know that that simple Rick... Remember Simple Rick from oh, the, yeah. the Citadel episode? That That's the life that's happy. And they want happiness, yeah. but they're deliberately denying it for themselves. It feels as though the, the show writers or the scripts or whatever, they just don't want to follow it to the conclusion. They they want to get these these 70 episodes out of it. Yeah, I'm just not sure what comes next. Do you know what no. I mean? There's, I don't know. No, definitely. Um, Come home to the unique flavor of shattering the grand illusion. Come home to simple Rick. <laughs> well, that was that was was that Sam Elliott? Um, I, th- mm, I don't know if it was Sam Elliott. I, I mean, love Sam Elliott. He's, he's Working very on good. Becoming a freegan vegan. What in the name of God is a freegan vegan? <laughs> well, I only eat vegetables that other people throw out. <laughs> what is on your foot, sir? <laughs> I do not like Ron. God, Parks and Rec is is brilliant. Yeah. It's um. It, my, right, is is my thinking with Parks and Rec is it, it is one of the greatest sitcoms of all time 
But my trouble with it is that it's just not real. The characters are sort of caricatures of people that you know. And I think that's why like the US office and and Brooklyn Nine-Nine and The Good Place, that's why they stand out. Is because yeah, I feel like I've met these people. I feel like I've I've met a hundred gyms in my lifetime. I've met a hundred Pams. I've met. Do you know what I mean? I know these people. Yeah, definitely. And Dwight or Creed, who are the most extreme versions of people <laughs> in those shows. I feel like we all know somebody who's a bit intense, like Dwight. We yeah. all know somebody who's a bit insane, like Creed. I feel like we understand that, and uh, that's not what you get with 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 um with with Parks and Rec, which is a bit of a weird one. Yeah, true. You met, I met you in the parking lot earlier. That's how I know you. What's okay. that from? Um, that's from the office. They're doing the um, <laughs> they're doing uh, the oh, what do you call it? The health and safety thing with the window shop dummy to sort of bring it back to life. Oh, and, like, I... they're having a conversation, and Creed just out of nowhere points to the instructor and goes, "I met you in the parking lot earlier. That's how I know you." And then it just goes <laughs> silent. And everyone's like, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah, this is um Doctor Who, the timeless child done right, Lewis. Ah, okay. You, you can't change my mind on that. You know, we've got we've got a, a, a very smart, seemingly immortal character that, that built the society that we thought they didn't build. Mm. And uh, they're the centre of the universe. <clears throat> the only difference is, is that Rick and Morty have always said that Rick is the smartest man in the universe, whereas mm. uh, Doctor Who uh, was just about uh, an alien travelling through time and space, you know? Um, and another thing, every okay. fu- every fucking franchise now, just dawned on me, are doing multiverse shit. Yep. Marvel, every single DC, one. Everybody. Yeah. And yeah. it's so boring now. I'm over it. It's I get it. It's amazing. I mean, I'll see Far From Home when when uh, Alfred Molina and uh, Willem Dafoe show up, and maybe Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. That'll be fun. Mm. But it's getting it's getting me on a joke, man. Do you know what I mean? No, I know what you mean. I I do struggle to um. I yeah, I, I struggle to care about multiverses now that they're so sort of everywhere. Like um, I don't know. I. I feel like I just maybe I need to have a binge of things that aren't very good. Like yeah. I need to watch the ten worst films of all time or something, so that then I can, I can stop saying, "Oh, this is slightly better because they made this tiny, tiny difference to the way they introduced this character." Okay, but it's still all the same story. I don't know. It, it, that that's what separates things like John Wick for me. Is that um. I don't know. It makes no effort to to be this 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 ever present film that everything is around the world. It's everybody's doing the same things. It's all about chasing this 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 multiverse of of, of characters and stuff. I, I just yeah. I'm just not. I'm not sure. You know. No, definitely. Um, I do think it's because it's becoming harder to care about multiversal mm. stuff because it's just like, well, does that mean that nothing matters now? Like, I mean, mm. if not. I get, I get how nothing matters can is a is a good sort of uh, thing to explore in a particular character. But if your entire show's ethos is nothing matters, then yeah. what's the fucking point? Yeah, hundred <clears throat> percent. Um, but I don't know. I hope that they do some character development with Rick and Morty going forward. I hope that they explore 
bigger threats than just other versions of Rick and Morty. You know, yeah. I want, you know, I want some Lovecraft Cthulhu shit. You mm. know, mm. that would be that would be really cool. Um, uh, do you think yeah, we'll I'd see like Evil Morty again? Um, I'd like to say yes, but I think if we do, it'll be so far away that I will have forgotten about him. Yeah, my memory is—I mean, my memory is fairly terrible anyway. But I think it'll be so far away that I've—I've I've both forgotten about him and I've forgotten that I'm supposed to care. Um, yeah. So I'm—I'm not—I'm not optimistic about the future of Evil Morty as a character, really. Yeah. Uh, I really like Evil Morty's motivation. Um, he's motivated very well. I think his character's uh, well thought out. It's yeah. it's it's um. It's just I want to get away from this toxic person who's built this system that I have to live in, you know. And they talk about capitalism quite a bit in the episode. Mm. They say capitalism twice, and then, you know, the ending of the episode is uh, this uh, uh, an unfair, uh, unethical system being destroyed, and mm. um, the world being irrevocably changed because of it. Yeah. And I like the idea that because Evil Morty has still got callousness in him, he wouldn't want to fix the system. He would just want to destroy it and then leave. You know, it's yeah. it's kind of like the argument about uh, Thanos. People mm. were like, "Well, why wouldn't he just make more food?" You know, for for the universe. Yeah. And it was, I think, it was Josh Brolin who said because he's callous as well as, mm. you know, his worldview is is in some way, um, a way of dealing with the trauma that he experienced with um, yeah. his planet. So he's also, you know, got a very sort of malicious streak in him, mm. quite unforgiving. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 do, I do like that. And it's better than... Well, is it is it better than the original Morty being evil Morty? I don't know, but... Yeah, I, I don't just... really know either. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if... It, I, don't know if I don't know what one I would have liked better. Um, probably, probably the one that I said because I would have been like, "Ha ha! See, hire me as a writer, and I'll fix all your problems." Um, <laughs> um, I'm not sure about you, Cocker, but I think I'm out of notes. Yeah, I I believe so as well. Um, <clears throat> do you have a closing statement? Um, I do. A good episode that was perhaps executed poorly. I have no idea where the universe will go from here on out, but I'm interested to find out, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Um, 50 episodes to go, I think. <laughs> I think it's 50. <laughs> so, Rick and Morty, 100 years, well, five. Five years! Mm. Five, five, five years. Well, I suppose we'll probably get lots of little breaks in between, so, yeah, Rick and Morty, 20 years. Yeah, f- f- 17 years, minus two. Um, but there we go. Yes. Well, that was Rick and Morty, folks. Um, so should we do some uh, capitalist yeah, shilling? shilling? Yeah. Uh, we all have link trees. Uh, Lewis's is linktr.ee slash Lewis underscore Brindley. Mine's is slash O'Hiram. And the podcast is slash Shouting Into The Void. There you will find our socials, our Instagram, our Twitter, no, we don't have Twitter, our Facebook and our YouTube, yeah, so go have a look, give us a subscribe, give us a like, and uh, follow us. Um, we also have a PayPal donate button, so anything you can spare, anything at all, would be greatly appreciated. We also have Patreon, and we want to take the opportunity, as we do every week, to thank our wonderful, wonderful patrons. Uh, Chloe. Thank you. 
Darius. Thank you. Peter. Thank you. Aditya. Thank you. Natalie. Thank you. And Dougie. Thank you, one and all. You allow us to keep making this show that we love to make, and it well and truly does mean the world that you do just that. Um, it also means the world that you allow us to make these shows, these these this particular whispering into the void, and, well, all the other ones as well, I suppose, but it means yeah. the world that you allow us to make the whispers, because it's nice to be able to talk at great length about a show, to be able to talk in great extreme detail about a show. Like, I think we've probably said more words about Doctor Who than anyone ever. Actually, no. There's that five-hour video essay on YouTube. Oh, yeah. When we've when we've <laughs> when we've broken five hours of Doctor Who content, then we will have done. I think we um, already have. I have mean, oh, lovely. Yeah. In that case, we are the world experts. Yes, we in, are. Um, Doctor Who, and it's entirely thank you to our patrons. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for supporting us. It really does mean the world. Absolutely. Um, we also have merch on Teespring and Redbubble. We sell tote bags, jumpers, stickers, mugs, socks. Go get yourself something nice, because you deserve it, you little, yeah. you little gem. Um, and uh, last but certainly not least, we are partnered with an amazing company called Number 12 Crochet Avenue, and Lewis is going to say some wonderful things about them, all of which are true. Indeed I am. Number 12 Crochet Avenue is a wonderful company run by my wonderful wife, in which they crochet, and they're very, very good at it. So if you'd like to keep up to date with what they're doing, and bless your Instagram feed with some beautiful content, you can go to at number 12 Crochet Avenue on Instagram, and you can check out what the haps is. Yeah. Um, and you can also ponder, while you're doing that, why I decided to talk like a 1950s Las Vegas gangster. That's, <laughs> What's the haps? Eh? You were good, kid, real good. But as long as I'm around, you always be second best, see? Yes. Yeah. There you go. Um, um, I think we're definitely done now because we're doing we're, stupid we're voices. Absolutely done. Um, so, I mean, from from here on out, I guess we'll go back to the old Doctor Who. Indeed. Uh, what's what's the next episode of Doctor Who on our list? 42 by Chris Chibnall. Oh, lovely. It's um, uh... the Doctor eats a son um, and then... Yeah. His, his face is on fire. Lovely. We'll do that. Burn with me. <laughs> They'll put sunscreen on. Um, yeah, so thanks so much for listening to our Rick and Morty Season 5 reviews. Yeah. Uh, and we shall see you, hear you, smell you, destroy an evil system that unethically keeps the workers down next time. Indeed we will. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and goodbye. <laughs>